This week's episode is made possible by our friends at Independent Bank. You can learn more about them at i-bankonline.com. Good morning, Memphis. You're listening to Meanwhile in Memphis on WYXR Radio 91.7 FM. Meanwhile in Memphis is a program dedicated to conversations that celebrate the organizations, initiatives, and people that are shaping Memphis for the better. The Meanwhile in Memphis radio show and podcast are brought to you by New Memphis, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to develop, activate, and retain the city's most important resource, its people. Your hosts today are me, Rebecca Hamm, and my colleague, Anna Thompson. Before we dive into today's conversation, a few quick reminders. TEDx Memphis 2024 speaker applications are live and open for two more days. You have until February 29th to apply to give a TED Talk. Uh, We're building a playlist of big ideas for Memphis and beyond for TEDx Memphis, and we want to know what you will add to the mix. Head to TEDx-Memphis.com for more information and to apply. Coming up this afternoon, if there are still tickets available, is Celebrate What's Right, Creative Economics. New Memphis will be making a smart business case for arts and culture in Memphis with the help of some really talented folks on the stage, including our moderator from the Greater Memphis Chamber, Jessica Mosley, Lakeisha Edwards of Urban Arts Commission, George Monger of Connect Music, Elizabeth Rouse of Arts Memphis, and Anasa Trotman of Claiborne Temple. Big thank you to our generous sponsors for powering this event, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee, First Horizon Foundation, and Duncan Williams Asset Management. Also coming up on March 19th is Memphis 101. This is a high-energy event offering a close-up view of Memphis, its people, music, culture, and more. Whether you're new to Memphis or just want to learn something new about the 901, this event is for you. This event is generously powered by Regional One Health. You can find more information and reserve your spot at newmemphis.org events. Today, we're going on a little discovery mission, and we've already got your passport. We'll be learning more about the Discover Memphis field trip passport for Memphis Shelby County school students, an initiative that launched in December 2023 and allows students to travel outside school grounds to explore different places across the city. Here to guide us on this adventure are Interim Superintendent Tony Williams, CEO and founder of Hattie Lou Theater, Ekandayo Bendeli, and Executive Director at Memphis Shelby County Schools, Dr. Mike Collins. Let's get into our conversation. Welcome, everybody. And can we get started by having each of you share a little bit about yourselves and your respective organizations? So, Ekandayo, we can start with you and we can just move right on around. All right. Well, I'm Ekandayo Bendeli. I'm the founder and CEO of Patty Lou Theater there in um, Overton Square. Um, I am a uh, 2024 graduate of Morehouse College. I'm actually here now. I graduate. There we go. AUC. So very excited about that. I am getting my bachelor's in um, in uh, theater and performance. I'm originally from Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Uh, my parents are from the South, which is my connection. My mother is from Jackson, Mississippi, and my father is from Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I actually started my matriculation early in the 1990s at Tennessee State University in Nashville, but left there to um, take care of my family. I am married with uh, two daughters. The theater is named after them, Hattie and Lou. They are adults. 
Um, and uh, that's it. I just have an extreme um, appreciation for storytelling um, in various forms. I uh, wrote a novel, unpublished, and uh, theater, you know, for the last 20 years has been my vehicle of choice. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Superintendent Williams, would you like to go next? Okay, sure. I'm Tony Williams, uh, superintendent or interim superintendent of Memphis Shelby County Schools. This is going on 18 months. Prior prior to that, I served as the chief financial officer since 2019. So uh, going backwards here, I have been in education since around 2014 uh, in Memphis. It, it Look, I am born and raised in this community and I walked the halls of these very schools. And so I graduated from Whitehaven High School. You, you listen, uh, at, if you're from Memphis, people typically introduce themselves by what high school they went to. So you have to get accustomed to that a little bit, right? But prior to that, I noticed that you are a Morehouse alum. I am a Clark Atlanta University alum. I'm not going to tell you the year that I graduated because that's going to be, that's going to age me a little bit. But uh, definitely my background is in finance and accounting and just, you know, I've, I've served during this time as superintendent. So I'm excited. I've had a roller coaster of a time of solving some of some of the most critical issues financially and just really academically. And I'm proud of where the school district is. And I know the just the the, the projection of where it's going to go is going to be great uh, with the transition that we're currently going through. So that is me. I'll hand it over to Mike Collins. Good morning, everyone. My name is Mike Collins. I have um, been a beneficiary of Memphis City Schools, now Memphis Shelby County Schools as a student. Uh, the district has given me a diploma and now uh, a career. I have been a teacher, uh, school leader, uh, director of leadership, and I now work uh, very close with the superintendent as one of her executive directors uh, in the academic uh, office. Um, we, we love the city. Uh, unlike uh, my colleagues here, um, I did not go to school in Georgia. Uh, right here in Memphis, uh, Christian Brothers University. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, graduated uh, from Tresvin High School uh, in the Fraser community. Uh, grew up here uh, in Fraser in North Memphis. Love this work uh, when it comes to educating students and, and making Memphis uh, an even better place for them. Uh, it's, it's, it's what I received being a student uh, in Memphis, in, in Memphis public schools, we'll say it that way. And I've been afforded a lot of opportunities and now being back in the district as an employee, we're able to give those same opportunities and even those that might even be better uh, to over 107,000 students. So happy to be with you this morning. Thank you each for the work that you do in relation to our community. We'd love to talk a little bit about the ways that you are working together. Mike, you mentioned paying your experience forward. And I think one of the most exciting ways that I recently learned about um, that students are getting experiences within the city and building an affinity for the incredible arts and culture attractions that we have here is the Discovering Memphis Field Trip Program. Could you give us an overview of what that is? So Discovering Memphis is a wonderful opportunity for students to discover Memphis in field trip experiences. The superintendent had a wonderful idea to bring uh, students out of the classroom, out of the school, into the wonderful venues that Memphis has to offer. So we have a plethora of museums, a theater like Hattie Lou, Tom Lee Park, and Memphis Zoo and Aquarium. And uh, the forward thinking of that 
in the beginning, I was like, wow, you want everyone to go on the field trip? I thought she meant the same day. But, uh, but we find that these opportunities um, bring Memphis to life. And those young citizens who, who live in their communities, and many times they don't know what exists. And many of them are artists. And to be able to go into a museum and see artwork and say, hey, people will pay for that. And to be able to, like, like Dr. Bandelli, to be able to go to a museum and see a play and say, I too have uh, an affinity for drama and theater. And so I think these opportunities uh, allow students to see Memphis beyond the classroom. And so we, we try to level it in such a way that each grade level is able to have a different and unique opportunity. And an example would be the kindergarten students might go to the Memphis Zoo and Aquarium and the first graders will go to the Memphis Children's Museum. The 11th graders are going to the National Civil Rights Museum. And so that's kind of an example of, of discovering Memphis for all of the students in Memphis Shelby County Schools. It sounds like there is a big strategy at play. Field trips are such an important and vital piece of experiential education. What sort of collaboration has it taken uh, to to put this program together from, it sounds like, kindergarten through 12th grade? Well, I think the collaborate. well, I'll, I'll give Mike, I, I, I want to make sure that I'm giving credit where credit was due uh, because I, I, I report to nine bosses and board members, right? And so uh, I will take us back a little bit farther because Mike is just... Uh, he, he's done a yeoman's job at executing the this initiative, but it started after COVID. So just think about our students were doing virtual learning for about two years, and then they came back into you know the buildings with our teachers, and just really we noticed a need during that time for our students to get like outdoor learning experiences or just really experiences outside of the classroom. And what we found during that time is we, you know, we received like these extra COVID funds. And so we were trying to be really creative with some of the criteria to say, what could we do to expand upon learning and what does that look like? Right. And so the board came up with some ideas and board member McKissick, I'll, I'll give her some credit there as well to say, why don't we, you know, expose uh, our students to enrichment, the arts, as well as, you know, thinking through what does that look like? What about field trips? And when she said field trips, sometimes I can be a little closed mind. I was like field trips. And I was like, OK, let me kind of take this idea, work with the team to figure out. And on, at the same time, I want to say that. We had principals, like Mike said, a lot of our, our, our schools have to use their school-based funds. And so we had principals that were high school principals that were looking to get seniors and, and you know, 11th graders, 10th graders exposures to colleges and, and, you know, ensuring that we do college tours as well. So all of this came together just in my mind to say, hey, I, I want to make sure that we're giving our students exposure like Mike said, and, and he stated before, I've never been to some of these places as an adult. You know, I, I've been fortunate uh, to just have the opportunity to, you know, go in the classroom and then I'll, I'll pop up on some field trips. But I will laugh to say uh, we talked about Graceland, too. And I was like, man, I've never even been to Graceland. Right. And so we want our, our students to really have that exposure to make sure that they're learning and really developing and understanding their culture and just the heart of Memphis. Right. Before they become adults like us and we're just like, now, wh what is that? Where is that? Right. So I uh, definitely want to share the idea. But, Mike, why don't you talk a little bit about kind of the collaboration uh, in, in putting this together with the different partners as well? 
And so the collaboration, we reached out to the various venues and introduced ourselves as, as a school district, but also uh, as a potential partner. And as we reached out to the museums, the various museums, uh, Hadley Theater, Tumley Park, uh, we, we learned more about the unique experiences each venue has to offer. And I'll give an example. Uh, Tumley Park, in my mind, I thought it was an opportunity to stand on the grass and watch the river go by. But in talking to the administrators there, I found that it was so much more when it comes to the nature pieces, when it comes to learning about geology. And they have a curriculum for, for students already established. And I was, I was mesmerized by that because here, as an adult, as an educator, I thought that Tumley Park was just that a park where you sit and watch birds and watch the river go by. And so that's that's the opportunity here and, and why partnerships are so valuable, because you learn things you did not know even as an adult. So my learning these things, I can only imagine what students are going to see and what they're going to learn by the questions they're going to ask. But also these these opportunities will activate in their minds. Wow, I can do that, too. What would it look like if I were to work here? What would it look like if I were to paint, if I were to be a curator of a museum, if I could be Black history myself and be featured in the National Civil Rights Museum? So the partners were very excited to hear with us and not only externally, but also partnering with schools and their representatives around how to plan these field trips, who the contact persons might be at the various venues. Uh, what that looks like centrally when we help coordinate the busing and also accounts payable. So it's it's a coordination uh, of outside vendors, but also inside the organization itself to make it as smooth as possible uh, for for teachers and for students to experience Memphis uh, day in and day out. You know, if I could piggyback on um, what Superintendent Williams and Mike is saying. Um, so I'm the founding chairman of um, Memphis Brand, and one of our pillars is civic pride. And you, you would think that, that people would really know the cultural assets that our city has, um, but a lot of adults don't know the beautiful um, arts and cultural scene that we have and think about students. Right. And so sometimes citizens can get the stigma of Memphis because a lot of kids are what we call community locked. All they know are those assets and those people who are within their respective community and seldom venture out. So they may go from one place or one neighborhood to another, but do they have access to explore those neighborhoods? And so what Shelby, Shelby Memphis, Memphis Shelby County Schools is doing, and this incredible program is it isn't just taking students from one place to another, from one zip code to another. It is actually giving them access to see elements of our city, which will increase their civic pride. And, you know, all cities want their students to stay in their home host city, perhaps go to college. But if they go to college outside of the city, we want them to come back. 
and bring that education and bring that ambition back home to help our elevate our city and our various industries. And one of the ways that we do that is by taking those students around our city to a Hattie to a Tom Lee Park, to um, Mosh, and say, look at what we have. Look at what we have to offer. And when you come back, there's a nightlife, there's a cultural life. There are a lot of things that you can do with um, people your age. And so this program that the superintendent and Mike have put together is critical for the stability and the future growth of Memphis using our students as a foundation. That connectivity is so crucial. Um, we often talk about arts and culture as being one of the main factors that make a city sticky. Um, like you said, Ekandayo, that's that's what brings people back and keeps them here. Um, in thinking about Hattie Lou's role in this interconnected web of assets, what does it look like for students visiting the theater? What what do they get to learn when they're spending time with you? Well, you know, when we were building that building in Overton Square, one of my arguments was we live in a city that's 66 percent black. But what evidence, culturally speaking, was there that we were present? Right. And sometimes people would say, well, the National Civil Rights Museum, well, that's actually a humanitarian um, organization and institution. There was not a building, cultural building, where Black kids could go, touch the building and say, this is our contribution to the cultural landscape of Memphis. Right. And so when we built that and opened it in 2014, not only is it a place that houses Black creative expression, we also um, commission local painters to create original artworks of famous thespians. Everyone from Felicia Rashad to Leonidas, who's won the Pulitzer twice, to Katori Hall, who is a Memphian, um, who has uh, had, just had a show on Broadway in um, The Hot Wing King. And so there is a level of pride to be able to come in there and to see reflections of their culture and reflections of themselves on the walls, on the stage, within the staff, and that the... the um, the the customer service and the way that you are greeted is is at such an excellent level that you really get to appreciate your self-worth. And then we create uh, programs like our self-identity theater camp. And that whole camp, so it grew out of the rampant murders, uh, police-related murders of um, Black men and women. And so my whole thinking was, okay, how can we um, help these students use culture to feel comfortable within a dominant society that sometimes uh, vilifies them? And so our self-identity theater camp is all about using the tools of creative writing, performance, and speech to say, okay, how can you express yourself? And make certain that your humanity is intact within an environment that may sometimes um, come against you. 
If you go into a store and you have someone following you around, how can you ensure that you keep your humanity and your pride intact? And so those are some of the tools that we give these students when they come to Hattie And so we just had students at Hattie I think it was last week or the week before. And the whole thing, and, and here's another big uh big thing of pride. There are only four freestanding Black theaters in the entire country. You have one with us, Sarasota, Chicago, and Houston, and that's it. New York City doesn't have a freestanding Black theater. Nashville, Atlanta, none of these cities that sometimes, you know, seem sparkly and, and the grass is greener on the other side of the fence, you know, sometimes students may look there and say, oh, my God, I want to go there or I want to do this. But now coming into Hattieloo, they're able to say, oh, my goodness, we have something that no other major city outside of Chicago or Houston has. And so there's that level of pride. There's that level of acceptance. And there's that level of being able to see reflections of yourself and of your cousins and of your aunts and of your extended family members on stage, as well as behind the box office at concessions and see those paintings on the wall. We really do see an, um, a sense of belonging as they walk through those hallways at Hattie. Wow, I, I did not know that. I didn't mean to uh, cut in, um, and I, I just I really didn't know that. So you you educated me today on what Memphis offers when others do not. I love it. Thank you so much, Akendayo. Um, you mentioned how critical it is to see not only reflections of themselves in their culture and in their city for students, but also of their culture. Um, so Superintendent Williams, can you share why this initiative, this Discovering Memphis um, Field Trip Passport Initiative, is mission critical in education? I think to your point early on in this conversation, you said, like, I, you know, that it's often something that we're short-sighted about, that field trips are like, oh, maybe that's a, just a nice yes. to have, not a need to have. So can you help us understand how this initiative is so mission critical in education? Definitely. And and so you pointed out I was extremely guilty to say, OK, well, we need to make sure that we focus on, um, you know, the things that we traditionally do around, you know, curriculum, textbooks, uh, making sure that our students are prepared. But when you think about preparation, I have to say that traditional way of thinking in the society that we're in now, uh, that that is old education. We really have to ensure that we're being innovative and ensuring that our students have multiple opportunities to learn. And, you know, it, 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 he was spot on with making sure that we have the exposure uh, with different experiences like the Heidi Lou Theater, right? I mean, there are other initiatives and partners as well, but what I've learned during this time and, and just really talking to students as well, their voice needs to be included in their learning opportunities. And that's something not only the board saw, I think that our students often say, well, why can't we, you know? And then I had to question myself as a leader to say, why not? 
you know? So I, I think when we think about the mission of education uh, and particularly Memphis Shelby County Schools is ensuring that our students are prepared. But, you know, you have to question that traditional classroom setting and what that looks like and giving our students exposure. And I'll give a personal experience, you know, went off to college and just really, you know, um, my peers globally that I went to school with, I noticed that they had more opportunities uh, and exposure in their high school years and their middle school years than I did. And so bringing our students along and making sure that they are able to compete globally, it doesn't look like the traditional setting. It looks like a Hattie Lou, right? It looks like just giving our opportunities to to making really making sure that we bring them back to Memphis if they leave Memphis or keeping them in Memphis. And I think just the culture, the history, the arts, and just that enrichment is so important. Tony and Mike, I'd really like to commend you for all of the collaboration and long-term vision that has gone into this plan. And I'm curious about what success looks like anecdotally and if there are any facts and figures that go along with that. And then Ekendayo, I'd like to ask the same of you. What does success look like for you as a partner? For me, uh, success looks like the exposure, right? I think that Mike gave you sort of the the business side of making sure the collaboration stays stays and remain smooth with partners. I think that we have policy procedures. I think partners do as well. Um, but just really thinking about the bigger picture outside of just making sure that, you know, we do the administrative part uh, of, of both the partnerships. I think bigger picture with our students, you know, that exposure and measuring that exposure through, let's just say, you know, they come back um, and I'm using Heidi Lou because you're here, Eric, and I'm gonna pick on you, but I know there are other partners, right? And just taking that experience, that exposure, they can come back and literacy is our number one priority. You know, we envision essays, right? Just transferring the knowledge that they learn through partners back into the classroom. So there's outdoor learning experiences. There's, there's exposure with our partners, but bringing that back to the core of our priorities around literacy, right? And just making sure that, you know, our students are prepared for tomorrow. I'll continue to say that through, through these partnerships. I think even bigger mentorships, right? Uh, just looking at the exposure. So I look at Eck and, and just as an African-American male and, and just the positivity and the exposure he's had that he can give back to our students. And those, those touch points, I continue to say that we talk as a city about crime and all the different things that we we are having this community conversation around and what do we do about our juveniles and our youth. But I continue to advocate to say they need exposure to positive, you know, individuals like they need to know that, hey, outside of my day to day environment, this is what, you know, it could look like. Right. And so I, I, I think about just outside of the administrative piece of what success could look like with partners. I just think about bigger picture that, you know, touching our students and, and a lot of people who sit back in these back rooms to say that, hey, they need to do things differently in the school system. I, I challenge them to say, what are you doing differently? How are you engaging and inter interacting with our students as well? So Mike, I'll hand it over to you if you want to add anything. And so to that to that end, I, I think success uh, looks so different in, in many different ways. And I agree with what Superintendent Williams uh, just gave us. But also I think, you know, here, you know, in, in this present period, success looks like an eight-year-old saying the value he or she has found uh, at a theater, uh, at a museum. So uh, we're, we're, we're taking out cameras 
And we're going to talk with students while they are in the experience and, and to see what value did they find in it. But I think long term uh, success looks like uh, a 20 year old, a 25 year old who says, I now have a desire to do this because of my experience at Hattie Lou. I now have a desire to do this because of what I saw at the Memphis Children's Museum. And, and this is what we will see. I think they're going to be our residual effects uh, for decades to come. And, and the, this is why education moves beyond a classroom. Because I am literate, I'm able to do things 10, 15, 20 years from now because of the enhanced education I've gotten through Discovery Memphis. And so, but also I think that our partners, success looks like I want to invest more in Memphis Shelby County Schools. I want to expand our offerings because of Memphis Shelby County Schools. Then community-wide, other school districts might say, we need to do a better job of exposing our students to uh, the surrounding culture that exists in this Memphis metro area. And so I think that success wears many faces. And I think that the way we're going right now, success is, is well within reach. Dr. Bandelli. Yeah, and I appreciate you calling me doctor. <laughs> uh, that's that's a that's a dream and an ambition. I appreciate that, Mike. I want to piggyback what both Superintendent Williams and Mike said, especially Mike. Um, so I'm in theater, and so I'm gonna tell a quick, quick story. Back in 2007, a young man named Bertram Williams. He was attending uh, Overton High School. And Hattie Lou took a play to Overton called If Scrooge Was a Brother. And uh, Bertram got in touch with us at Hattie Lou. And he came, 10th grade. And he started, I think his first play was I Ain't Your Uncle. And um, from there, throughout his collegiate career at University of Memphis, he continued to be at Hattie Lou in various capacities. He would act. He would help behind the scenes. He would run lights. He would do whatever was needed at the theater. And uh, Katori Hall, Memphian, um, like I said, whose play was just on Broadway, um, was a guest artistic director for a while at Hattie Lou, and she met Bertram. And Bertram now has a recurring role on her Stars Channel show, P-Valley. That's success. Anitra Higgins came to Hattie Lou when she was nine years old and stayed with us all the way through graduation. Uh, um, she got a penchant for running lights and sound. She ended up going to Purdue University, and she now is over the technical part of Purdue's theater. That is success. Now, looking forward, how I see success, and of course, partnering with the school system, is um, pre-COVID, Hattie Lou used to take shows into the schools. Uh, we haven't done that since everything has reopened. So we want to get back into doing that. But more than that, we want to... Uh, we want a Hattie Lou teaching artist to be there on a regular basis at, at certain schools. You have Roselle, which is a performing arts school. You have Colonial and you have Overton. The main reason is we don't want to go in, do a show and then leave. 
We want to be a part of the community. We want those kids to see our faces after school and know that we care, that we're not just importing something only to export our product after we leave and after the curtain goes down. So success for us is being ensconced in a couple of schools, especially those schools that focus on the arts. Um, you know, Overton has that cap pro Catholic program and having the faculty call on us to help them. Um, like we used to have at Klondike before it was taken over, we used to have a program there called Reader's Theater, and it was for second graders. My wife teaches second grade at downtown elementary. And, you know, we know that whole thing about kids really needing to know how to read by third grade. The thing with Reader's Theater is it helps with reading comprehension. They can see a sentence that says, close the door. However, seeing it within a, a theatrical form, it is now a demand or it could be a question. And so it helps that sentence make more sense. And so we had that and we were measuring uh, reading comprehension in the TCAPs. So we want to be in schools after school so that principals, teachers, everyone in that school can call on us to help those children with literacy, with public speaking, with a cultural identity. And so that's what success looks like for us. I'm so inspired to hear success stories, both in the the micro and macro sense. And I'm sitting here just kind of soaking in. Those are just a sample of the stories that you know, um, and and the impact beyond those, you know, standout exemplary individuals. You know, just what that looks like. And and Mike, I'd love to understand. Can you help us uh, understand the the scale of this network of attractions that are a part of the program? Hadaloo is such a, a special piece of this, but they're not the only partner. Um, you know, to, to help us understand the scale of impact and stories like the ones that Ekendayo shared. How many of those might be out there? I, I think there will probably probably be countless stories out there. We are. Uh, in collaboration with the National Civil Rights Museum, uh, the Museum of Science and History, formerly the Pink Palace, uh, the Memphis Children's Museum, the Metal Museum, the Brooks Museum, and also the Dixon Art Museum. Uh, we've been talking about Howdy Lou Theater. That's the only theater that is a part of uh, this initiative. Uh, Tumley Park is the only park. And then we have the Memphis Zoo and Aquarium. And, and so with, um, with these, we have uh, the venues, but then our high school seniors, uh, they're doing work with our local colleges and universities. So from Southwest all the way to the University of Memphis, um, we are, we're, we're exposing our uh, high school seniors to these college tours on the local college campuses, Lamore and Owen, Christian Brothers Roads, um, and the like, uh, More Tech. All of these venues are receiving Memphis Shelby County School students. And so it's such a uh, what what I take away from it is it makes me smile because no one has said no. No one has said no. Don't don't bring them here. And so it's a, it's an embrace, if you will, that these venues even see we we we're, we we say these are our students, but I'm 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 quickly discovering that we have no monopoly on them. That they belong to the city itself, and when. The Hadaloo says, bring them. 
the Children's Museum says bring them, University of Memphis says bring them, Lamorne Owen says bring them, it, it brings a smile to my face. And this is not so hard because there are people who do love children. There are people who do, who do love young citizens. And it, it says that Memphis is a warm, embracing place for those who have yet to enter into a career and to see what's next post uh, graduation. So these venues are, are have been significant and terrific partners. And uh, we've also gotten other phone calls uh, to say, hey, how can we be a part of discovering Memphis? I know uh, the Wolf River Conservancy has reached out um, to say, hey, we want to be a part. And so there are several venues who, who said we want to do this work and not just because they 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 heard it they they want to really touch students and that is of significant value to me and so i don't know if the superintendent when and perhaps she did know when she had this idea along with board members that it would be so great um and even as a teacher and having been a principal i think i understood the value of field trips i don't think that i would have ever imagined to the magnitude that such an initiative um can, it, can, it can be so profound to students and, and, and what they can touch on an annual basis. So uh, those are our partnerships. And, and I think that we will be hearing more or, or receiving more requests for, for different partners for, for the next year. So again, it, it's, 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 it's massive and it's, it's taken me aback by how welcoming every institution has been. Superintendent, what do you think? No, Mike, I think you're spot on. Um, I, I don't know that I thought that, you know, everyone would just be so open, but I knew that I had the man to get it done, which is you. And so I, I definitely knew when we, we put this ideal in your hands that you're well connected just through your years as, like you said, a teacher, a principal. So I know uh, definitely, uh, and I have to give credit to Mike, just reaching out to all the partners and just really having that open knowledge and base of Memphis and just, you know, even where to go to ask the different connections uh, so that our students could have, you know, great exposure and experience. I feel like, you know, Mike, um, this is something that is going to probably grow. Um, I, I feel like definitely even during transition, this is something the board wants to expound upon, you know, so I'm really excited about it. And I do want to give a shout out to Mayor Lee Harris, Anna, because during the summer, he, you know, when our students are not in school, I know he has a, an initiative uh, passport as well that he's actually uh, taking an opportunity to fund throughout the entire summer so that students can get exposure to different museums as well. So, you know, just having key partners in the work like the city, the county, uh, the state, just, you know, definitely I, I feel like this initiative can be even bigger than what it already is. It's so exciting to hear and to hear the momentum um, in each of your voices. Um, going back to what how each of you define success, it's so different, and yet it's all so profound and exciting for our city. And to know that the seeds are being planted today, that like each of you said, will reap you know a harvest for years and decades to come. Um, if my math's correct and this keeps going, then current first graders will have the full experience within a decade. And so the way that that could just transform individual lives to then transform our city is like mind blowing, truly. Um, Mike, you mentioned 
the logistical aspect of this. So I wanted to kind of circle back a little bit that, yes, that everybody has been so welcoming and so great, which is the thing I love most about Memphis, and that it makes it not so hard to get this done. But truthfully, the logistics of all of this is is a lot. And so I want to kind of name that the initiative's funding includes transportation, the cost of admission, and a free breakfast and lunch for all MCS MSCS students. So I wanted to address funding and how, you know, you can make this possible for every single grade to go on these extensive field trips. Can you or Superintendent Williams address that? I can take it. So uh, we did, as a school district, receive additional funding um, for COVID relief dollars um, that are, you know, actually scheduled to sunset. But what I do know, because I've done many interviews where everyone's like, oh, all this, you know, COVID relief dollars is going away. What are you guys going to do? I take a different approach and a practical approach that, um, you know, you, you often have to prioritize. And, and, you know, our board definitely sees this as a priority. And so with that, there are some things that we may be doing internally that are not really getting a return for our students as we had hoped or, you know, and that data is all being tracked. And so what I will say, you know, I can't make any commitments, but at the same time, I feel really confident about just the positivity. Uh, we have a board that definitely understands enrichment. They understand the, the possibilities around what's needed for students for arts and history and just the culture of Memphis. You have a lot of Memphians on the board, right? And so what I do know is definitely we're going through a tough season, but I feel like the partnership is there, right? I feel like just the momentum is there. And I feel like you have a board that wants to prioritize it and ensure that it is sustained. And so that's what I'll, I'll leave you with, Anna. I'm hopeful. That's exciting. We're certainly hopeful, too. What about you, Ekendayo? Well, you know, where there is a will, there is a way. And um, whether funding, sunsets, or whatnot, we all know that this is critical for the development of the children in our city. And uh, anything that can help those children we need to be about the business of ensuring that if it's funding, if it's transportation, if it's access, that we make those things available. And just like Superintendent Williams said, um, Mayor Harris uh, definitely has a, uh, a vested interest in the development and cultural growth of our students, as does uh, Mayor Young. And so, we don't know exactly where the city is going to go with this or even the county with the next fiscal year. But we do believe that their commitment is solid uh, and um, will definitely come through on behalf of our children. And the same thing goes for the Tennessee Arts Commission in Nashville. They have a whole student subsidy fund. And so they see the importance of this as well. And so funding cannot be a hurdle when you're dealing with something that is so critical and so vital to the development of young minds. And uh, I'll go back to that original statement, which is a cliche where there's a will, there's a way. However, I believe it, it is definitely um, true north for me. And uh, I see the vision and what we all said success looks like um, coming to fruition. 
you know, regardless of any kind of obstacles that may come up. This is so encouraging. And it makes me want to honestly go back and be a grade school student again to be able to have these experiences all over again. And I just have to remind myself. Can I say me too? (laughs) But then I have to remind myself, like you all said, like I can go experience all these things too as an adult. I don't have to be a student. I would love to see it through their eyes. So if you ever need, you know, an extra set of hands, Mike, or some chaperones, feel free to call on New Memphis because we, we love some civic pride and some, you know, activation here. And we're all about that leadership, um, does not have to be of a certain age. So our city has leaders at every age. And so we are excited for future generations of leaders and what this Discovering Memphis Experiential Learning Passport Program can do for them. And speaking of activation, how can we as a community, as individuals, as organizations, support the vision of this work, support the future of our students, and support individual organizations like Hattie you know, for me, I just want to say, you know, I'm a new Memphis fellow, right? And so uh, sitting in that class and as a Memphian, you know, I didn't really understand all of the different organizations in the city until I had that exposure through you guys. And so for us, I think just continuing to educate around different organizations that offer that exposure to our students is helpful for me. Uh, to definitely understand how to advocate, you know, for our students to have that exposure. That's one. Two, it's always helpful at when you reach out to uh, your elected officials to say education and funding is important because it puts us often in a situation as leaders in the district to prioritize, you know, uh, textbook adoptions, right? And I'm just throwing something out there because, you know, we've, we've spent about 30 to $40 million in textbooks, right? We have the largest school district in the state and, and maybe the 25th in the nation. And funding is just critical for our students to have the basic necessities that they're needing. At the same time, we're dealing with infrastructure in Memphis that's aging. And so a lot of times we're prioritizing HVAC systems, roofs, when we want to make sure that we prioritize programs like this. So I need your support, making sure that you talk to those funding bodies to be able to ensure that our students have exactly what they need and what they deserve. And so that's, that's how you can support from my vantage point. Yeah. And um, I'm an LDI graduate. And so one of the things that I think new Memphis um, should do, and I think you all are doing it, is kind of create networks and between uh, leaders and um, businesses and corporations who uh, are pretty much going down the same path when it comes to education and children. Uh, there may be, you know, I think um, I can't remember her name, but the owner of Roadshow BMW. Uh, was in my class, and maybe she wants to support something. Maybe they want to adopt a school. Maybe there's someone within New Memphis that went to a particular school and they still have an affinity for that particular neighborhood or school. And you may say, okay, why can't your your business adopt it, right? Or if you have someone who does want to maintain that um that connection between students and Hattie Lou Theater, that maybe they can sponsor some kids at this school or at that school. Maybe they can't do anything citywide, but how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? And so, you know, you guys are definitely the hub for leaders. And if there was just a survey going around, 
to find out, okay, who's interested in, um, you know, schools and culture and them being more aware of our assets? And then, you know, do you have a relationship with a particular school? Would you like to strengthen your relationship with that school? And would you like to strengthen your relationship with Hattie or with the zoo or with, you know, the parks? Um, something along those lines, really getting that information and then connecting the dots. I believe that's something that you guys are already doing. But if you really just say, you know what, we want to focus on education and cultural enrichment and the nexus point of those two, I think we can really have some um, even stronger impact than we're already having. We're taking notes, Eck, for sure. <laughs> Thank you for um, all of the activation ways that we at New Memphis can get involved, but also how individuals can kind of link arms and walk side by side. And like you said, Superintendent Williams, give the students of Memphis not only what they need, but what they deserve. I feel like that's what we all on this conversation want to be true and are making sure that we can make it true for the future of Memphis students. So thank you each for the work that you do to make that possible. Um, and the work that you're doing collectively, strengthening relationships with the community um, for each of those students that you impact through this work is setting us up for such a beautiful future for this community. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys again. Thank you. Independent Bank is celebrating 25 years of sharing your stories, building your dreams, and serving you heroically. Find out how iBank can help you achieve your financial dreams at i-bankonline.com. Member FDIC.